Alan Shaw. You're listening to Yusuf and Bakar with the Appearance Podcast, where we bring a global perspective to you. What's going on, y'all? We got uh, Isaiah, our good friend Isaiah on today, who we actually went to school with, and we definitely want to uh, hear his experience on Brazil. First, some background on Brazil. Over 200 million people live in Brazil, and it's one of the most diverse countries in the world, with most residents descending from Europeans, Africans, and indigenous peoples. National language is Portuguese, not Brazilian, and they gained their independence from Portugal in 1822, earlier than most colonized countries. And 60% of the Amazon rainforest, as well as most of the Amazon River, is located in Brazil. So yeah, man, we'll just hop right into it after that little context. Tell me about uh, Brazilian food, Isaiah. Brazil, the whole culture, climate, and everything is amazing. Um, specifically, their food. Their food is amazing. They do a lot of things with um, barbecue. All their ingredients are really fresh. They're very welcoming with their portion sizes, too. As far as, like, it's moderate, but it's a lot at the same time. They don't overwhelm you with anything. Uh, the type of food that I ended up having was um, koshinas and... Uh, yes. <laughs> you say, yeah. Basically, it's like... Um, cheese kind of pastry thing. It was really good. Uh, pastel. Pastel, actually. It was called that. And then I had um, a few little other baked dishes and stuff. But my favorite things to have were um, frango, which is uh, Portuguese for chicken. Um, they did a lot of chicken uh, barbecue grilled stuff for me because I don't eat pork or porco, if you're going to say it in Portuguese. It was really good. I had um, pastels. I had oh, rice and beans. Pastels, pastels is just, uh, as I said it before, it's kind of um, a fried pastry filled with like meat on the inside. It's really good. They have this really good juice, though, that's made from a tree, kind of like sugar cane. And um, I believe it is called, and that's the name I'm struggling to say, but um, I believe it's called Suka de Cold called there or something like that it's been a while to be honest with you but basically it's this uh sweet i'm talking about absolutely sweet drink that gets blended from this uh plant and literally they have to it's so sweet that they cut it with like lime juice just so you can drink it because that's how sweet it is but it's really good i would have a pimento de empanada which is like a, a pimento uh, stuffed empanada, which they don't even make here in the States. And I wish they did, but at least in the places I've been to so far in the States. But it's really good. It's probably one of my favorite um, pastries made there. They do a lot of barbecues. And the coolest thing I, I noticed with like food out there is like the way we view McDonald's and Burger King and fast food, they view it as like absolutely different over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to take a, a woman out and you want to kind of impress her, you take her to like McDonald's. Wow. Because <laughs> over here, McDonald's is like whatever, right? But over there, they got two-story McDonald's. Not only that, their menus are absolutely ridiculous. They got like different desserts over there and like setups with sandwiches that we don't even have over here, which is crazy cool. And uh, if you want to show like... Uh, a girl a good time is <laughs> not taking her to like a, a 12 course meal restaurant or anything five star over here in the United States. It's taking her to like a Burger King or McDonald's. The elegance is based off of uh, the environment because, you know, the American culture is so crazy, popular and prevalent everywhere you go. Brazilians and the Brazilian culture, from what I noticed, love 
love American culture. And so uh, it was heavily influenced uh, when it comes to food and cuisine, for sure, when I was out there. But I made sure I stayed away from eating any fast food joints. Um, I made sure I went to like all the really like culturally uh, connected places to really get food. I was in Sao Paulo, the city of Sao Paulo. And I got to go to this market out there and it was absolutely amazing. Fresh food, fruits, they cook everything kind of right there in front of you. It's really huge too. You know how like people in the States have like farmer's markets, but it's kind of like a farmer's market on like steroids because it's so large, you know, and it's right there in the heart of the city. So it was beautiful. You know what it was called? No, no, but they got this, uh, I took mad pictures. You said that the Brazilian food tastes of tastes differently it really tastes different compared the one that you taste in marietta like elaborate what did you mean so um for me generally speaking like the barbecue aspect of how they give you um so example um we've all been to the brazilian bakery or you know some of the brazilian markets where they do like uh home cooking meals when they do like barbecued meats they do do exactly the same thing in brazil I just feel like the way the presentation is, as well as the um, creativeness behind how they set things up is a lot different. And me, I'm more of a, I guess I'm more of a sensory and ocular type person. When I see and feel things, it kind of gives me more of an exciting connection to things. So to see how presentations were done. So, um, for example, I met these people here in Georgia for like just by passing by acquaintances and we really got really close and I had ended up establishing a relationship for like shoot two three years of knowing them here while they were here in Georgia before they actually established themselves back in uh, Brazil shout out to Paulo shout out to uh Marine shout out to Lily uh Noemi all of y'all just much love blessings to y'all anyway. So by me establishing that connection with them, they um, would take me to different spots in Atlanta that they were really familiarized with. And, you know, kind of like that was similar to their customs and cultures. So I got to experience a lot of fun stuff with them while being here in Georgia. When I got to Brazil, they gave me more of a culture shock by, you know, let me see how like the way they do stuff on the street, the music, the food. So the food differentiation, I guess the example I could give you is um, the presentation for sure. Like um, everything is made with uh, love and the way they feed you, it's like small portions, right? But they feed you so much within the small portions and they're always making sure your plate's never empty. And I love that aspect there. And the food, I, I would say, is um, different because, like, um, to me, it's fresher. You know what I'm saying? I feel like their chickens aren't, like, really, like, you know, big like they have here in the States. You know, they kind of look a little genetically modified or steroids or whatever. Like, their portions of meats and um, everything are so much healthier in size. Even their veggies. They put veggies with every barbecue that I go to. Veggies with everything. Running theme behind Brazilians who I know who uh leave Brazil and then come here to the United States is that um, they always get fat. <laughs> they always get fat when they come here to the United States. And then when they go back home, they're like, man, you know, 
I'm fat. And you know what's funny? Like us as Americans, we <laughs> shout out to Bianca because she's she stays here now and she she says that all the time and she kills me with that. Here in America, us, you know, generally speaking, we wouldn't call them fat, you know what I'm saying? Like we call them thick or, you know, very curvaceous or voluptuous. You know, America, we appreciate curves, you know what I'm saying? Comparatively, their culture is a little different. Obviously, Brazilian culture, they appreciate curves, but uh, they feel like they gain a lot of weight eating the food that we consume here because culturally speaking, it's not the same. Like we add a lot of extra stuff into the food that we don't need and they eat more uh, natural and clean. I felt like I was in the best shape of my life eating the food over there. That's different, man. That's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) And you say you went to, so you say you went to Sam Powell? So uh, it's uh, Sao Paulo. Um, I went and visited Sao Paulo. I also went and visited um, Campinas. I went and traveled to um, a lot of different, like, I guess, cities within stuff. Uh, Santos was another one. Shout out to the soccer team out there. Campinas soccer team, Santos as well. Also, my first day there, you know, I touched down or whatever. I got picked up from the airport by like my friend Marine. Miata is her real name in Portuguese, but uh Marine is what we call her here. Um but anyways, I picked up from the airport, went to their her place. She took care of me, let me stay there, you know, kick it with her. That was roughly like two days before Christmas. And then like Christmas Eve, we all went to this rave and it was amazing, man. So I spent like my Christmas Eve in another country. And I was at a rave, man, and it was really dope. Like, music was crazy. The whole vibe was really cool. You know, nobody knew I wasn't Brazilian until, like, I started speaking English or until, like, you know, I would say certain words out of character, you know what I'm saying, or out of, like, the same kind of accent as everybody else. But, like, it was just little small things, but nobody really noticed it. Everybody's super welcoming, man. Like, people were buying me drinks. People were, you know, offering me water, you know, and I like the way they party over there, too, because like that rave has started at what, 7 p.m. the day before. And it didn't end until 530 the next day. Some of those people were in there for basically a whole like 24 hours. And it was it was awesome to see it. The energy was crazy. The women were beautiful. The dancing was dope. Like it, it was it was really cool to see American influence out there, too. They would play. Uh, EDM type music and you know people would dance and stuff but then like you could see like certain like rhythmic connections to like you know African culture because like you you stated before Brazilian culture and African culture is similar because of the triangle slave trade and everything as we all know historically speaking it's cool to see like their kind of slow wine or you know i.e. twerking or whatever is similar to what you see like with black women here in the United States or just music here in the United States kind of correlates with, but they got their own kind of style with doing everything. Is that like samba or like what, what type of dances? Was no, so like, uh, that's what I was just about to say. All the men <laughs> who are listening, man, y'all should look up this thing called Quadrado. And uh, if you go to YouTube, <laughs> there's some videos up there that will show you some women doing Quadrado. That's a dance. And uh, basically, it's um, it's called square, obviously, cuadrado, if you translate it to English. But it's a dance where women um, kind of twerk in a square. So it's kind of dope, like, to see it 
at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, uh, their own way of like kind of twerking, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of cool, man. Everybody does it. All the women do it. Young, old, everything. It's just kind of cool vibes and stuff. At least from what I saw, mostly the younger ones, you can do it to basically almost anything, but specifically funk music or funky. That's what they call it out there. And their funk music is more like rap music. I I don't know. Like I said, y'all can pull up. Uh, there might be a DJ I can show y'all or at least tell y'all about. MC Kavinho. He's a good DJ. Um, you can see some of his videos with uh, certain examples of women dancing to funk music and doing like the, the twerking of like Quadrado where they kind of throw it. You know, I don't want to be vulgar on your your podcast, obviously. In America, there's a song called Throw It In A Circle. And this is the edited version of actually what it's called. Um, they just throw it in a square, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah. Did you learn how to samba? Um, when I was out there, actually, yeah, I learned how to samba a little bit. Samba is a beautiful dance. Uh, I loved seeing the women dance samba. Um, they... They, I mean, it's an art form. It's actually so beautiful, man. Like the way they can make their feet move as well as their hips and their hands. It's it's an art. It's it absolutely similar beautiful. to salsa. Like, so no. So with uh, samba, um, it's more like uh, what's what's a really good coordinate? Uh, I guess to correlate it for people who kind of follow dances, um, you know how people um, can do the heel toe. That would be like rap version and stuff like that. I could maybe kind of give you some similarities. If not, um, the closest thing I could tell you is because the samba is its own thing, man. I guess the the closest maybe maybe thing I could say is um, doing something with like uh, merengue or something with like uh, a little bit of um, the bachata for people who know how to bachata a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of hip and foot motions together it's absolutely beautiful though it's not a hard dance to learn um honestly it, it to me it's definitely a hard dance to learn i i don't think uh you could just learn it overnight it took me a while to even kind of get some of the steps correct but um once you do get it it's it's absolutely beautiful it's so cool to see like young and old now that's a dance for sure young and old everybody does uh Nobody but like younger people for the most part would do like uh you know like the quadrado dance, but for the most part everybody is samba knows how to samba or, or at least kind of knows. Cause you'd be surprised. I was over there and a lot of Brazilians I asked if they could show me how to samba. They told me no, I don't know how to dance it either. So you know, it's kind of like the stereotypes we think about uh other cultures, they think the same thing when they come over here, you know what I'm saying? There's a uh, dancing martial arts. Can you elaborate on that? Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah. So um, actually, my buddy Paulo, shout out again to him. He actually trained a little bit in Capoeira. Um, yeah. And that's what it's actually called. Capoeira is actually an ancient fighting form that was used by the slaves to teach each other how to defend themselves against the oppression that they were going against. But the way they had to play it off was by dancing. So they would do it with drums and music. To kind of, you know, make it look like they were dancing, but really they were teaching themselves how to strengthen their body and make their body lethal weapons. I have friends who um, used to train and still train. Paulo is one of them. Helena Panoich, she's another one who uh, used to train. But it's a beautiful art form of dancing, too. Um, I think Capoeira and Samba, it's beautiful to look at them both because they're both arts. I feel like if you're a really good Capoeira 
fighter and or dancer, you probably know how to do samba a lot better than most too. <laughs> But yeah, I I love it. When I was at a church, they gave me a tour of the city. Like I stated, Um, I went to this really big, beautiful uh, church and we did like a little sneak inside tour thing. And I got to see the interior and exterior of it. There was people playing drums and everything. It was it was gorgeous just to see like people out there. But um, nobody was actually doing Copeta. Like I know everybody's like, oh, yeah, you go to Brazil. Everybody's doing Copeta. But no, like it's in certain areas and certain things that caused for it. But it was beautiful, though, just to be out there, that whole atmosphere, the environment, for sure. But yeah, Caputa is really dope, man. Uh, kids, everybody, they they all can learn it. It's a beautiful art form. What I found interesting about Brazil is they have states just like United States. Yeah. So for the listeners, elaborate what are the state of Sao Paulo? What, what are the type of states there when you went to Brazil? Sao Paulo is like within its own realm of space. And you got like little cities within inside of the, you know, state, obviously. Uh, Santos was one of them. Campinas is its own little place inside of a city, but it's outside of Sao Paulo. Would you recommend tourists to go there? My recommendations for traveling to Brazil would be this. Go to Brazil for sure. And don't expect anything. Just be open to everything. On top of that, I would tell you, if you do have friends who are actually Brazilian, who actually stay over there, I would advise you to go visit them. Because as I stated before, going to Brazil was a better experience for me, I think. And if I didn't state this, I'm stating it now. Going to Brazil was a better experience for me because I knew people over there and I was able to stay with them. They let me literally see their world like nobody else could let you see it. When you get in with the locals, it helps you have the opportunity to experience experiences that nobody else with like a school program or, you know, whatever work study, or what's that thing called where you like a uh, travel abroad, study abroad. study abroad, you know? So that's why I would tell you to, you know, make sure you make a connection or a network of people, of friends that actually are from Brazil and you just go and visit their city. Um, even if it doesn't sound like it'll be a good time. Cause you know, it's all relative as far as, mindsets, you know what I'm saying? But realistically, you will have a good time. They will show you the best spots to eat at, the the culture of their family members. Like as soon as I touched down, like I said, I stayed with Marine and literally like not only that, you know, I got in connection with Paulo and everybody else. And and literally what ended up happening is I got to hang out with everybody. And not only just like my friends who I made here, but then they introduced me to their whole extended family and their whole extended family made me feel like family. I was sleeping everywhere, man. Everybody wanted me to come to their house. I had a bed in everybody's house. I had food every morning. They washed my clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they literally give you a five-star treatment, not because they're trying to, you know, make you uh, feel like you're better than they are, but like, they're just that welcoming, you know what I'm saying? It's a genuine love for people. And I love that aspect about being in Brazil, specifically, you know, the portions of Brazil that I got to see, which was I.E. São Paulo, you know, a little bit of Santos, a little bit of, you know, Campinas. Uh, I will say, though, just a little unknown fact. When I was doing some uh, touristy uh, (laughs) views with my buddy Paulo's wife, Monica, uh, shout out to her. Literally, I ended up getting the opportunity to go to Chinatown. And what people don't know is that Brazil, specifically in Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo has the largest Japanese population outside of Japan. 
what people don't realize is, um, <laughs> culturally speaking, there was a lot of things that ended up happening in Japan uh, with wars and what have you. And so a lot of people migrated to escape, uh, you know, poverties and wars during the time frames of, uh, you know, uh, 1929, et cetera, et cetera. So um, not only that, you know, people don't realize there was a lot of slavery issues, obviously, you know, in that side of the world, South America specifically. Different cultures and groups of people decided to migrate everywhere because they wanted to escape and find a better life compared to where they were currently living. So a lot of people from Japan ended up actually moving to Brazil, specifically Sao Paulo. And um, it's really cool because when you walk the streets, I'm talking about these people are Asian in feature, but they only speak Portuguese. And it's so amazing. They know they got relatives that are connected to Japan and they know like maybe even have relatives who are in Japan still currently. Like this one girl I met uh, named Larissa, essentially as beautiful as she was, she looked absolutely 100% Oriental, but she was 100% Brazilian. She shared the same features as her Oriental ancestors because, you know, obviously that's what her parents and family are. They're all Oriental, you know what I'm saying? But the influence of Portuguese, they had to learn how to adapt and they learn the language, and that's all they really know. Going through the same schooling systems as a Portuguese, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like what, you know, obviously we see in the United States with our cultures of every culture, you know what I'm saying? Black, Latin, Asian, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a beautiful thing to see. And actually, it was shocking to me because I really did not even know this. And that's why I wanted to let y'all know, like, that was a really cool, you know, experience to see that outside of like Japan. I've never been to Japan, but honestly, I feel like that was the closest thing <laughs> to Japan I ever got to be, to be in an area of that many people who were from a different world altogether, but they migrated over here, learning language, and like, they literally just mesh in well, just like what we see in the United States. You know, unfortunately, we have, you know, police brutality issues in the United States, and not only just in the United States, but around the world. But what I will say is this. When I was out there in Brazil, the police officers, from what I saw, you know, where I was at in certain situations and obviously in certain situations um, were really, you know, kind of chill. I did get to go to the favelas. And for those of y'all who don't know what a favela is, but it's technically called a favela, but um, you can roughly translate it to a project uh, here in the United States. And um, the favelas actually were really cool. I got uh, to meet this awesome, awesome barber. He's only 16 years old. He owns his own shop, man. And he gave me the coolest haircut you ever seen in your life. I mean, he had me fly while I was out there and shout out to him. That's Gabriel. I also got to stay in Santos for a little bit in this, you know, suburb with my buddy Igor, you know, shout out to you, Igor. Hope all is well, bro. Miss y'all, man. And literally I just had a blast, man, like to see the different paradigms of everything. And like some of my buddies, from Paulo, Igor, you know, Gabriel, you know what I'm saying? And to see like they all grew up in different dynamics, socioeconomically speaking, but they all are boys, they're friends, you know what I'm saying? Money doesn't like separate them, you know what I'm saying? When I was over there in Brazil, I know they they tell you there's a colorism issue over there, but a lot of people don't realize it, but it is a real thing, you know, like in their culture, they take um racism very seriously, which is what I found out over there. You can go to prison for like a long period of time doing anything uh, racial against a, a minority. So that is pretty, you know, powerful to see that. When you was there, did you get the chances to uh, travel to uh, the state of Bahia? 
No, unfortunately, I wanted to, but I do have really positive vibes of being able to go out there eventually. I can give you at least some information. Bahia and Salvador would be the places I tell you to go and visit. Now, that those two areas are probably the best areas to go to for Carnival. When I was out there in Sao Paulo, they said um, Bahia and Sao Paulo are the top two, but Bahia is definitely number one on the list. Um, that's where majority Brazilians look like, you know, African-American, their, their culture is more connected to the African-American standpoint. Um, you see a lot of, um, connection to old African traditions and cultures. My bad, Isaiah, I was reading something that that's where the slaves, Portugal brought their slaves to the state of Bahia. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, that's where you see a lot of culturally speaking, more Africans at. And then you see also more African influence out that way. The style of clothes. They eat a lot of seafood out there because they're so close to the coast. Then you have religious practices um, called Kadimble, which is um, roughly translated into voodoo, where people like always hear it and they try to make it like seem all evil and stuff, which is not the case. Um, If people would take the time to do some research, it's actually a mixture of ancient traditions, incorporation of Christian colonized influence. So uh, when people start talking junk, they uh, should read a book, maybe several, you know, (laughs) that area is the best area for Carnival. And everybody has probably heard of Carnival a million times. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go. I went during the wintertime, but I will say um, if you are going to travel to Brazil, go during the wintertime here in the United States or the northern or western hemisphere, excuse me, Um, because when you get over there, you want the weather to be like really, really great. Um, so that would be the best time I tell you to travel over there for sure. If you're making plans to travel to Brazil, I will say, uh, carnival is probably the most spectacular thing that they do out there. Obviously we don't even get to really comprehend what they do when, when it actually goes on until we actually get to experience it. They show me videos and stuff their year that they went and how the city is just electrified. The cool thing about Brazil is like, they don't even work. You know, when carnival is going on, like they their work schedule is like completely shut down. And I think that's so cool. You know, I do a lot of traveling and uh, I use the transit system that they had over there. I took a bus and I also took, um, you know, a subway. Their subways are really cool there. And I know that sounds like a touristy thing to say, but their subway was kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Like um, it was very clean and tidy. And that's why I thought it was kind of cool because, um, you know, I'm from up north originally. And, you know, I mean, even here in Georgia. You know, they have subways. Uh, A lot of subways are really disgusting, (laughs) you know, in the United States. But uh, in Brazil, from what I saw, they were very clean, you know, and I thought that was really cool to see. Same thing with uh, their transits of buses. And like I said, uh, when I traveled to, you know, like uh, the favelas and everything too, a favela to be more concise, um, it was really cool to see like the influence of like black culture, even in uh, Sao Paulo. Like I told you, they have a lot of Asians out in that area. But, um, you know, the black and uh, African culture influence is still everywhere. They love American uh, influence. They have pictures and murals of, uh, believe it or not, Triple X, rest in peace. You know, they also had um, uh, murals of uh, Tupac and Big. So it was just so cool to see that. And Bob Marley as well. You know what I'm saying? RIP to anybody, you know, who passed, even if I didn't agree with your, you know, standpoints outside of music or even, you know, with your understanding of culture, I still, you know, want to give respect to all of them. I was not a huge 
triple X fan. You know, I might get some hate for it, but you know, that was just me. I wasn't a huge fan as far as like uh, his antics outside of his music and stuff. So you see any murals of, of pop smoke or Nipsey or anything like that. Unfortunately at that time, pop smoke and Nipsey, um, when I went, they were still alive. So unfortunately, no, but, um, triple X was definitely up there and it was just kind of cool to see that. I took a picture, you know, at the murals that I saw, um, and at the different establishments I've been to, um, it was really cool. I will say like, uh, the street food is pretty dope, man. Like, uh, I, I don't know how everybody views like street food. Yeah. The street food was really cool. Like I said, um, the pastels, they were just serving it, you know, straight there at a park went to a beautiful park and they were just, you know, serving pastries that were just really good and cheap too, as far as price range goes. The currency exchange, I will say, is really dope too when you go to Brazil. I'll give you guys an example. The Riai is what the Brazilian currency is called. It was four to one when I went. So um, essentially what ended up happening with my, um, my $1, it translated to like four of theirs, roughly. Now it's 5.38. <laughs> so, yeah, so now it's a, definitely a better time to go, guys. So really, if you get the opportunity, please go to Brazil, especially now. During um, Carnival February and March. Yeah, Carnival is um, during February and March, which is kind of similar to, I, I don't know if any of your listeners is familiar with the Noya, but uh, <laughs> New Orleans, shout out to New Orleans. But uh, it's the same time, uh, roughly the same time as how uh, New Orleans does their carnivals, or excuse me, carnivals festivals. That's just a little added incentive or reminder for those who decide that they want to celebrate in Brazil. Just kind of roughly put it in the same spectrum as how they celebrate it in New Orleans. But imagine it a hundred times better. <laughs> Shout out to New Orleans. I think they do a good job, but I... Brazil, for sure, would be the best place to really see it firsthand. Going to Brazil, as far as like seeing the uh, currency exchange was a positive note because uh, you could get more things done with less money. Kind of like if you hear like how people travel abroad, you know, it's always a different spectrum as far as like how much you pay for certain things. Uh, Obviously, you know, living in the country, having the currency, yeah, you get to see the price range on how much everything costs. So you, you can run out of money really fast. But when I walked over there, um, when I exchanged my money, this is a funny side story, but uh, I want you guys to be aware of everything in Brazil. So I kind of call it funny. It's kind of ironic. Essentially what ended up happening is I landed in um, layover airport to kind of get me to my destination of finally to San Paulo. And um, I went ahead and I went to a currency exchange booth. The woman was very kind, nice. Um, so she exchanged my currency. She gave me uh, for $300 that roughly translated to 987 reais. After I was doing my exchange or whatever, she started speaking really, really loud. And I was all like, because, you know, that's a lot of money, you know, to be walking around with, you know, in my hands. Um, <laughs> so um, as I was like walking away or whatever, this cab driver, and I had noticed him like walk past me a few times or whatever, you know, like while I was doing my exchange from my peripheral, but this cab driver, he was kind of like trying to scope me out. And then he was like, Hey, do you need a taxi? Do you need a taxi? I was like, nah, man, I'm straight on that. I appreciate you. Spoke really good English. That's what I told you guys at the beginning. Believe it or not, not everybody speaks English in Brazil, but a lot of people know more English than what you think, you know what I'm saying? Or at least in the areas I've been to. But it was really just kind of ironic, like, yo, you do got to pay attention to your surroundings everywhere you go. It's not even just Brazil, but that's just life. Me being who I am and you guys being who you are. 
and even some of your listeners, they know like certain parts of their city or state, they know they just can't be out there flashing money or, you know, doing all this extra stuff, trying to stick out because obviously, you know, it's not smart to do so. And it's not respectful of the culture of the group of people who don't have it. You know what I'm saying? So just an added reminder, but yeah, absolutely a good time. Bahia would be probably my number one, but everybody wants to go to Rio. Rio is actually where the big sta- the statue of the big Jesus with the opening like, spread arms. Christ the yeah, Redeemer. The Redeemer hey. arms, that's where it's at, you know, Rio. So you definitely want to go to Rio. I definitely wanted to go to Rio, but I wasn't uh, able to. Next time I do go to Brazil, Rio and Bahia will definitely be my next two stopping points. Absolutely. Um, Rio is basically the hot spot. Everybody knows Rio, but it's cool to, for me, I don't like following the crowd. Every time I travel, I will say this to every listener on here too. When you travel, don't follow the status quo. Um, Yusef um, travels a lot, you know what I'm saying? And Bakara travels a lot, you know, and shout out to both of you guys. You know, I genuinely love what you guys have done in your short lives. You know what I'm saying? And I can't wait to see the next chapter in both your lives. But essentially what I know to be true is um, I I believe it was Robert Frost who said, um, I choose to take the path least traveled. I, I think that's very powerful for people to really hold on to. Make sure you go ahead and have the desire to be a trans trailblazer or trendsetter you know what i'm saying don't always follow the status quo because when you do you limit your success you limit your connections you limit your possibilities if i had stayed to myself and not been you know willing to meet these people who were from a different culture and befriend them while they were here in the states my whole experience in brazil probably wouldn't have even became as powerful and as fun as it turned out what are the other portuguese phrases So another Portuguese phrase that I think would always be very beneficial when you go out there to travel is um, AU FOMI. And so what that means is I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're hungry, you you, got to learn the language so you can eat. Closed mouths don't get fed. You feel me? So (laughs) and then another phrase that I think would be very helpful for you is um, por favor, un uh, cerveza. And so roughly translated, and I probably slaughtered it. Sorry to anybody who's Portuguese and actually speaks it a lot better than me. But um, basically, roughly translated, I asked for a beer. And <laughs> so that's another thing you need to know how to say when you're out there. <laughs> so always asking for beer, always asking for food, you know. <laughs> so you're never hungry and you're never thirsty. <laughs> There's a lot of juice bars out there, I heard. Is that true? Like So um when I went to in fact uh Chinatown or uh Asian town in Sao Paulo, yeah, they actually had a juice bar. Um they gave me a whole coconut and it was really dope. They chopped it up, just the top of it, put a straw in it, and I just had like straight coconut juice and everything. It was really cool. You can see different things when you're out there for sure. You just gotta, like I said, I believe in going with people you know with. Uh, that already stay in the area. And then on top of that, you know, being open to anything. Like um, when I went out there, did I think I wanted to go travel to a church or that I was going to go to a rave right away, Christmas Eve? (laughs) No, I didn't. But, you know, I was open to everything and I had a good time every point of the way. I would prefer you guys to always, if you could travel to Brazil and already have friends that stay there again, I stress that. No Airbnbs, no hostels. If you have to go that route, then do it. But I would say get with a group of people you trust, you start knowing, 
and try to really get over there with them because I think that'll be the best vibe. Shout out to my buddy, Arthur. How do you say goodbye in Portuguese? So um, you can say ciao, and that's just ciao. Or you can say uh, ate ja, which means see you in a bit. Those are those are very good points and catchphrases to have for sure, man. I think overall, man, yo, if you get the opportunity, go to Brazil. I would tell you definitely shout out to Sao Paulo. Definitely go to Sao Paulo. Shout out to Campinas. Go to Campinas. Check out Santos. And yo, if you get the opportunity to, yes, Bahia, Salvador, Rio. But I'll tell you, check out, you know, the other places I gave you first. Because uh, anybody and everybody wants to go to Rio, you know, Bahia, you know, and I respect that, you know, specifically Rio. But if you are going to go before you go to Rio, I tell you definitely go to Bahia or Salvador because then you get more of like the cultural influences that you see in music all in Brazil, as well as like culture and experiences you see all in America, you know, like because of the African influence, you know, saying it's all in correlation. Appreciate yeah. you coming on the podcast. Uh, Isaiah, once again, close us out. Yeah, man. Hey, Isaiah, where can the listeners uh, follow you at? Um, if you are interested, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, Isaiah Ryobi. And that's me on Instagram. <laughs> so uh, that is I-S-A-I-A-H-R-I-O-B as in boy, E as in Edward. And you can follow me on Instagram. Um, if you do ever want to learn how to box, I'm also up there, you know, teaching people. Just a shout out plug to myself as well. Well, that's about wraps it up. Thanks for listening to the Appearance Podcast for the people that want to explore the world and make traveling a part of their lifestyle. Don't forget to follow us on social media. It's at Appearance on all platforms. And check out our next week podcast. And um, Isaiah, how you say goodbye in Portuguese again? Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.